find mercy, and we find the grace to help us in the time of need. You are a help, Holy Spirit, and we thank you for that. We thank you that you are real to us. You're ever-present with us, ever-willing to help. You stand attentive to our every cry and our every need, and we thank you that you respond rapidly. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. So uh, our title today is Faith is a Walk. Not a, not a jump, not a leap, and not a sprint, but a walk. Amen. It's not a crawl either, which is nice because many times we think it's going to take us forever to get our needs met or for, forever to get an answer from God. And, and so God is ready all the time with an answer for us. The answer is right there in his word. And so all we have to do is receive the answer, appropriate it by faith, and quote-unquote claim it as ours. Amen. Because the whole of the Bible is laid open for whosoever. Amen. Whosoever believes can receive whatever the word of God has in it. And so what you, we have to do is apply our faith to it. That's how we claim it. Once you believe it and you decide and, and tell God that you believe his word, it becomes yours. Amen. It is your possession from that point on. What you have to, to, I guess you could say endure is whatever, uh, comes in between receiving and believing. So that's the endurance portion that everybody has to go through. It's not like you're in endurance by yourself. You have the Holy Spirit to help you, to encourage you, to teach you, to lead you and guide you. Uh, you have all of the forces of heaven helping you to be able to, to stand and withstand and allow that uh, manifestation, the total natural manifestation, everything that you're believing for to come into your possession. And so once we understand what we're doing in faith, I think we'll begin to understand why it is a walk. Uh, there is not one person in the Bible that did not have to have the walk of faith. Everybody that had a covenant with God had to walk those things out. Abraham had to walk it out. Isaac walked it out. Jacob, everybody walked it out. And so the things that their faith brought them came through relationship with God, obedience to God, through endurance of um, hardships maybe that tried to talk them out of what they were believing for. You know, we've all been there. And so it's just good to keep in mind that we are going somewhere. And we will arrive. Amen. We will get there. Don't ever let the devil tell you that your faith isn't working. It's not producing. Because if that were true, then God has a ready answer for it. Amen. Because Jesus is what? The author and completer of our faith. So he helps our faith quite a bit. So we're not in this by ourselves. We're in it with him. And we're in it to win it. Amen. We will not come away empty handed, you know, unless of course you let the devil talk you into turning, <clears throat> turning against the things of God. You know, there are people that, that get so harried and so 
disturbed about different things that go on through the walk of faith. Uh, it's not like a cakewalk every day. Some days it's a struggle. Some days it's a breeze. Some days you'll wonder, man, did I get translated to heaven? This is so easy here, you know. And then there's some days where it seems like you're making no progress at all. And so we have to, and, and we have to remind ourselves that faith is not the same thing as our feelings. Amen. Uh, you might feel, uh, uh, better or worse day after day, but you gotta keep your faith constant. Amen. Uh, situations might happen and, and they start to, uh, weigh on your mind or get you down a little bit or something like that, but your faith can remain constant. If you'll remind yourself that this walk of faith is not subject to how you feel. It's just subject to what God says and, and you're not moved by how you feel. You're not moved by things in the natural. You can't be moved. What the enemy wants to do is move us off our position of believing and get us to get discouraged so that we think it's not worth the effort. Amen. And, but it is worth the effort. Everything that we do by faith is 100% worth the effort. So if you'll turn to Galatians 3, familiar scripture, and verse 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. So, so what the apostle is saying here is that there is a process involved in our walk as Christians, a process involved in our lives of redemption. Amen. And redemption comes little bit by little bit. Even though we have the whole of the covenant the day we're born again. But you can only partake of bits and pieces of it at a time. You can't believe for, oh, I believe God for everything in the world right now. You know, you might feel that good. But <laughs> go about trying to appropriate and you'll find that it, it takes a little bit of effort here. It takes a little bit of work, takes a little bit of time, takes, takes all of that. And I know many times we don't like to hear, like when I was a younger Christian, people would say, well, it took, uh, 15 years for my family to get saved. And I said, oh, it's not going to take me that long. Huh? You know, cause everybody, time is daunting. Because time means commitment. See, it's it's not so much the passage of time that we think is is the issue. But in order to endure, it takes commitment. And so many times we don't want to commit fully to unlimited time, like not caring how much time it takes. You know, you seldom hear Christians say that. You know, I don't care how much time it takes. I'm going to get this. You know what I'm saying? We always care about how much time it takes. And so it's just the realm that we live in. We live in an earth realm. Earth is running out of time, and we sense it in the natural. But in the spirit, you have no sensation of time. 
See, when, and you know when you're over in the spirit because time really isn't relevant once you get over there. You just look at the promise. You look at what, what you're desiring and what you're believing for and you're petitioning God for the next step of faith. So when we ask God things like, well, your mind will think, well, why is it taking so long? Your spirit man translates that as, what is my next step of faith? See, your your spirit man wants to know the next move to make, the next scripture to read, the next scripture to confess, the next scripture to embrace as your own, that kind of stuff. So that's what your spirit man is connected with, and that's what's what he wants to engage in. He wants to know. What is my next step of faith? Amen. And and so once we understand that faith is a walk and we accept that faith is a walk, then we can be comfortable walking things out by faith. Know that God has encouragement for you at every step. He has the word. He has ministry. He has encouragement in that you're here to help him in the work of the kingdom. He's got relationship with us where we can come away with him and, and be refreshed just in what we need, not so much in, in what we are believing for and what we need to do next, but just sometimes the things that we need for ourselves to keep ourselves encouraged and strengthened and so forth. And so once we understand that, it's like you have a full, how could you say it? You have a full life in the spirit walking by faith, but you're still believing God for things that you don't have yet, that you haven't seen yet. And so I think he he uses that walk of faith life, everyday life, to balance out the the lack that we might experience because we're still waiting on something, you know, or still it, it hasn't manifested totally yet. And so once we understand that, that he's He wants to round us out. He wants to balance us, so to speak. He wants to keep us in check so that we don't faint, so that we don't lose heart, so that we stay engaged, so that we find it easy to to walk with him, even though there are challenges, you know, to our faith. So, redemption really is a repossession of what was lost to us, or we can say redemption really is the possession by faith of what was lost by us in the fall. So we are all in the same boat, walking by faith, living for God, um, walking out redemption, understanding that God <clears throat> has a plan for us, and that that plan is always good. It never changes. He never alters his plan. Amen. He's always going to be there for us. And so once we realize all that God is doing, then we can easily endure whatever it is that is is upon us right now for the joy that's what's set before us for the things we're expecting. See? So it it balances out. There are some things that we see in our midst right now that may be unpleasant, they may be uh, taxing to us, they may cause us some concern, some upset, 
But then once you get over into the realm of the spirit and recognize the peace, the love, the joy, the excitement, anticipation, what used to be, excuse me, up on the the forefront of your life kind of fades to the background. So how much time it's going to take becomes a background issue, not a forefront issue. God never wants what's lacking to be your main focus. He wants what you have to be your main focus. And so that's why he gives us the fruit of the spirit to enjoy life. Amen. I remember when Joyce Meyer, you know, her show used to be called Life in the Word. And then she changed it to Enjoying Everyday Life because I think that's where her journey took her. And many of us remember her her testimony and how difficult it was for her and you know how God healed her mind, healed her soul, healed her emotions. And it was all so that she could enjoy her life. Because in and see that's redemption, that's restoration. Because look at what was stolen from her. All of her joy going her childhood, her innocence, all of that was taken. And so God had to to bless her big time. You know, in order for his word to be true, where he says he will restore the years that the locusts and all of that have eaten and taken away from us. All of us are in restoration mode. We're all getting back what the enemy stole from us. Amen. Amen. Some of the things for some of us who are older, even back as far as childhood is concerned. I was watching uh, Billy Burke at one of his healing meetings. And he operates real heavily, accurately in the word of knowledge, you know, and, and when people come up and, you know, he'll call out certain illnesses and people will say, well, I have this and I have that. And, and then they'll keep going on and on and on about how hard it is. And he'll stop. He said, listen to me, it's over. Yes. And he, he stands on the fact that God told him, God isn't playing with you. He's not calling out diseases to let you go home with them. He's calling them out so you can let go of it and receive your healing. Amen. And he gets real adamant about the fact that lady, he told me to call you out. He, you, he calls people out because he's healed you. Amen. And you need to know that and receive it. And so there was a woman that he called, he called out a word of knowledge. He said, he said, there's somebody here. He said, you were locked under the stairs when you were a child. He said, you need to come up here. He said, God is telling me to call you. He said, who is that? And he'll identify those people. He's like a, a bloodhound. When he calls something out, he, where are you? Come to me quickly. Come here, come here, come here. Because he knows people have a tendency to wonder, is that me or isn't that me? And that lady came right up. She was like 54 years old. He said, he said, uh, he said, I'm so always so amazed at God's faithfulness and his mercy to help people. He said, how old are you? And she told him, he said, he said, he said, you know, this is special to me to know that God had a deliverance for you at this point in your life. He, all those years you endured that and he reserved deliverance still for you at the latter end of your life. And I always think about that with people. I said, you know, I don't care how long you've been waiting for something. You don't know she might have 
been, might not have been waiting for God to, or she probably prayed at some time for help for it, you know? And, um, and it's just always the faithfulness of God to reserve more for us in our ladder. So it's, it's hard to give up on anything that God has promised you because you don't know what's reserved for a later time. You don't know what's yet coming. You don't know what he's yet promised. You don't know what he's holding in reserve. And I believe he picks the time so that we can receive it, so that we don't run from it, we don't reject it. There's sometimes he just can't dump everything into our lives at one time. You know, think about it. Most of us, nobody gets healed from any, if the doctor gave you pills, you'd have to take them for a while. You don't get healed on the first dose. You know what I'm saying? And so these are things that we have to incorporate into our life. We have to embrace them and, and understand that God has a perfect time for our deliverance. The other thing you need to understand is that you can't make it happen by more effort. You either believe you received it already. See, when you're trying to start to make, see, your part is to believe and receive it. God's part is to cause it to manifest. And so we have to relax in the fact that God heard us. He's working on it. I know it bugs you to have to look at certain things continually or or see them not change very much. But God is still in the blessing business, as they say, you know. He still has your blessing there for you. You know, some of us are are, are faithful uh, doing everything. And I say that because when you when you are doing what you know to do, you're doing everything. If you don't have something right in your life, that doesn't mean you're not doing everything. I think you're doing everything you can do. Because if you weren't, what's the Holy Spirit sitting back letting you do? Lacking, be lacking in things. See, that's his job to coach you and encourage you in your efforts. You know, sometimes we think, well, I don't pray enough. If I prayed harder, they get saved. Or if I did this, they get saved. Or if I did that, they get saved. Now, there are some things that you can do to encourage the process, but you can't save them. You can't overnight them into the kingdom. You understand what I'm saying? You just have to stand on God's word and and be diligent not to give up, not to faint, not to get discouraged. See, that's your part to take care of. Amen. Is to protect your faith to a certain degree. Jesus does the biggest part of protecting our faith. Amen. Because really, basically, all you have to do to protect your faith is go back to what you initially did. I received it when I prayed. I believe I received it when I prayed. And in discouragement, you can't talk me out of it. Devil, you can't talk me out of it. What I see, you can't deceive me in thinking they're not going to get saved or they're not going to serve God or they're not going to be what I've always, always, always declared they would be. Amen. 
You pray the seed of the righteous. God hears it. And he's performing on it. Sometimes when we lease you may never see any of it before it manifests fully. Amen. But you got to believe it's happening. <laughs> you know, you got to believe. Sometimes it's just good to wake up in the morning and say, God, I thank you that you're working on the seed I planted. You're working on my children. You're working on my grandchildren. You're working on their future spouses. You're working on everything. I thank you, Lord, that you're working on the seed I planted so that when the enemy starts pointing out things to you to discourage you, you won't take the bait. Amen. You won't bite. And so I think it's it's amazing how God protects our faith. He's got it all worked out. The longer I live, the more I believe it. He's got it all worked out. Amen. Of course, I believed it back in the day. But, you know, now, years later, you have evidence because you've seen it work. See, experience gives you hope always. And and hope keeps you from being discouraged. When it says hope maketh not ashamed, that means to be discouraged, dumbfounded, to think it's a waste of time, any of that. Because when you, that ray of hope pops up in your mind, it's like, you know what, God, you got me through this. We fought the lion. We fought the bear. And this one is going to be just like it. Amen. Because you want me to prosper. You want me to be well. You want me to receive. You want my seed to be saved. You want my children to be worshipers. Whatever it is. You begin to declare what God has done and what he is doing and the purpose for which he is doing these things. And and encourage yourself that way. Amen. Don't always be looking for something you can see in the visible. Amen. Because that's cheating. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. So this is not a sight walk. It's a faith walk. Okay. So. um We are redeemed from all of the curse. That means sickness, poverty, the second death. Amen. If your faith is in the natural realm, you will believe you are subject to sickness. And what I mean by that is not that you won't experience any uh, symptoms of it, but you're redeemed from disease. None of the diseases. Amen. And so I always like to call it symptoms or lying symptoms. Because if you say you have disease, what that means is that you don't have faith in your redemption. See, you don't have faith in the covenant. So you put your faith over in the covenant. Amen. It's like you got two baskets that you can put faith in. The supernatural, invisible. And the natural, which you can see. Always keep your faith over here. People will put their faith for money over in the invisible realm. And then for healing, they take it out and put it over in the natural. Now you can use natural help, but keep your faith over in the invisible realm. Because your healing hasn't manifested totally yet. You got the, you got the spiritual component of it. Amen. When you believe you receive, you receive the spirit portion of your answer. Because it's faith. Faith is substance of what you hope for. You hope for no more 
symptoms. Not no more disease, because the disease isn't there. It's the symptoms that are there, see. The symptom is a natural component of any disease. When you go into the doctor, they'll say, well, how have you been feeling? And they begin to write down what you say. What you give them are what? Symptoms. You didn't give them no disease. Hey! If you could do that, you wouldn't need the doctor. You could diagnose yourself. So when you report the natural to people who come to natural conclusions, you'll get the diagnosis. Amen? But if you know you're redeemed, you don't receive the diagnosis. Father, I stand on on uh, Isaiah 53 that I am, uh, by Jesus starts, I am healed now. Not healed in the future. Not healed when the symptoms leave. I'm healed now. Because you're taking his word for it. I'm healed by your word. I'm not healed by symptoms going. Must say it again. I'm healed by your word. I'm not healed by symptoms leaving. See, many people can be symptom-free and still carry a diagnosis. Come on, y'all. People with MS, they're told it's incurable. And they up walking around and doing everything. And I'm thinking, what more do you want to do? But the, because the people, that's an incurable disease, that diagnosis will hang over their lives for the rest of their lives. Amen? It's still, it's still attached to them by the natural realm, even though all the symptoms are not there. I have a very good friend that, uh, uh, pastor, um, uh, well, I won't mention his name because it's not coming to me right now, but I can think of his name now. Pastor Eric, he's very, very diligent in fighting the MS diagnosis that he's been given, even to the point of having started a ministry to help others with this diagnosis. He's so committed to the word, fighting it with the word. Now that doesn't mean they don't go to doctors, they don't take medicine, they don't take whatever's available that, that they're, uh, you know, doctors who are your authorities in the natural that they recommend for them. But they don't put their confidence and faith in it. Their confidence and faith is still in the word. And praise God if it alleviates suffering. Praise God if it helps you get through the day. But still, God has a covenant with you that you are healed. And so he's teaching the people in his ministry how to stand on the word, how to eat the word every day, how to let the word, how to meditate on the word and drive those symptoms, not disease, drive the symptoms out. See, if you think you're fighting disease, you, you're, you're, you're overwhelmed. You, you have nothing to fight that with. It's already been fought for you. That fight's been won. The fight over the disease has been won already. 
So, okay, God, I'm redeemed from the curse of sickness. I don't have disease. I am healed. You made a choice. You made a decision. You decided to accept God's word. That you are healed now. Not when the symptoms leave. You're healed now. And you have it now. Once you begin to put faith in now, the symptoms aren't long for staying. Amen? Because they got to go now. Amen? And I believe every time you say now, that thing, you hit it, and you chop some of it off, and you hit it again, and you chop some of it off, and you hit it again, and you chop some of it off. And pretty soon you've chipped away that whole thing with your words. God backing up your words. Amen. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that we have. Imagine being able to use something as common as your voice to bring healing to your own body, to other people's bodies, to encourage their faith to keep going. It's a beautiful thing. You know, the, the Bible talks about the tongue. Who can tame it? The Holy Ghost can. Huh? Who was it? Was it Jeremiah or Ezekiel said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Whoa, what you say that for? Jeremiah and the angel took some hot fire from the coals and put it on his mouth. We got a sanctified mouth now, honey. It's blood bought and it's fire baptized. <laughs> So the Holy Ghost tames the tongue. Amen. Causes your words to prosper. Causes your words to bring blessing. That's a wonderful thing. Think of the trouble we got in with bad words and striving with people and fighting with folk and all of that. And now all of a sudden you can bring health, healing, and wholeness with your voice. It's wonderful. Just wonderful. So so then... um We read Galatians 3.13. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law. So Christ took the curse in our place. What's left? 14. The blessing. The only thing we have in this covenant is blessing. We have no more curse. The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Amen. So. The Holy Spirit is also called the Spirit of Promise because he was promised to us and he is the key to us receiving other promises. So he's got promises inside him as a promise. He's the author of promises. He's the custodian of promises. He is the guarantee that the promise will come to pass. Amen. He's our guarantee. The fact that the Holy Spirit lives in you means you got more than a fighting chance. You got an insurance policy that you can cash in anytime you want to. Amen. Everything that, that you desire is insured by the blood of Jesus. Amen. It's assured by his blood. And so that the blessing of Abraham might cross cultural lines and come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So the blessing is for everybody that will believe. Amen. And so the spirit is the spirit of promise. He, he is the executor 
of the estate of Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the executor of the will. Whatever Jesus possesses, we are joint heirs with him. And the Holy Spirit helps execute that. So he will make sure you get what's coming to you. He will make sure you don't get ripped off. He will make sure that the promises of God are sure to you. Not maybe, not wishy-washy, but they are sure. And it's a walk. There are some things you have to walk out. You you can't leap over into it's like if you if you want to dive into some water and you're standing fifty feet on top of a cliff, you don't know what's down there. I me myself, I'm gonna find me a, a taxi. <laughs> And I don't know how I, how I got up on the 50 feet to begin with, but see, the taxi is slower. But you know what you're getting into. That's the way faith is. See, that's, that'll cure you from wanting everything immediately. And just accept God. Let God drive the taxi. Let Him get you where you're going. He knows the safe route. He knows the perfect route. Um, you know, in the book of Exodus, I think it's Exodus, yeah, when, when, um, God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, He took them the longer route, He said. He said, because if, if you go the short route, the Philistines live there. And when you see war, your heart's gonna melt and you're gonna run and turn around and go back again. So in order that he doesn't lose us and we lose our salvation, he knows that if we try to step into things that are, are exceedingly, uh, um, I don't, I wouldn't say desirable, but it, it, there's a place where your soul has to adjust to the promise that you've got to live in, you know? People get engaged so that they can adjust to what life would be like with another person. You know, there's a reason for slowing things down. Now, God can do anything. You know, there's some people who are comfortable with short engagements if God tells them to. You got me? Um, but, but even with that, there, there has been an adjustment, like a supernatural adjustment of the soul to the anticipated promise. Amen. And so it's very, very important we understand that redemption, part of redemption is buying back and taking possession of your soul. See, you had a soul before man fell. Our souls agreed totally with everything God said. But in the fall, it became the enemy of God and, of course, the enemy of the kingdom, wrapped up in selfishness and and everything that that entails. It makes it hard for us to appreciate God, his covenant, his laws, his rules, his ways. And so little bit by little bit, we possess our souls back into kingdom thinking. That's why the Bible says, seek first 
Go after the kingdom first. Don't go after things first. How do we pursue the kingdom? Through the word. Through understanding the word, understanding God, understanding what he expects of us, learning to obey him. All of that's necessary so that we can transition our souls from death to life, from failure. How many times we stepped out in the word wanting to do something for God and got scared, we'd fail. And some of us stuck a toe in the water and decided it was too cold and jumped right back, you know, where we were. And, and that's, that's, it, it, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Come on now, Peter stepped out. See, that's a perfect example. His soul could not adjust to the supernatural atmosphere that Jesus lived in. And he thought he could. See, just looking at stuff, you think I can do that. Oh, that, that's easy. That, that ain't hard. You know, we lie to ourselves. Like, your carnal mind lies to us all the time. We'll see somebody doing something we think is so easy. And then we run out and get this, get that, get all prepared to do everything and flop. Or we get scared and never take another step. Cause we don't see God's spirit leading us and there's nothing underneath us to hold us up. Amen. So Peter, what, what, what was needed for Peter to be able to stay out on the water and walk to Jesus may take the average Christian who's diligent a lifetime to perfect. Because taking a step at a time, you have to understand what you're doing. You have to get secure at every juncture, at every step. See, when Peter took step one, for for him to be able to stand in kingdom authority and, and kingdom realization of it, his, his soul would have to have adjusted to staying focused on Jesus, staying focused on he got permission to step out there, staying focused on everything. And see, his soul wasn't able to handle it because the minute the wind whooped up, he fell out of the kingdom mentality over into the natural. And see, God wants us to stay in the spirit. He doesn't want us to fall in and fall out, fall in and fall out, fall in and fall out. Because that gets discouraging after a while. You might get the thought, what am I doing? You ever sat back one day, you had a bed, I'm not talking about recently, I know most of us don't think like this, but you wonder, am I really saved? What is going on? What is going on here? You know? Well, the reason we ask that is our concept of salvation is a little goofy. See, if your concept of salvation is I'll never have any trouble again, wake up. Amen? There's still an enemy afoot that is very glad to make things bad for us. Amen? And so we have to stay in the fight, be willing to do whatever we need to do. In order to get our deliverance or to get our answer. Amen. And God is there to help us every step of the way. He's there to see us through it. Amen. He's there to help us step by step by step. But we have to accept the fact that instead of saying, ain't going to take me 20 years. 
God, if it takes me 20 years, I need you to help me. I'm committing to stay in it, to bring you glory, to bring benefit to me. And I believe that you will help me if, if I get to difficult things. So, and I think that's, that's a good neutral place to be so that you're not over, overthinking yourself or over expecting. Know how you expect things to be a breeze and they wind up not being a breeze. You know, <laughs> you know, sometimes you live long enough, some things don't happen at all. And you thought, I thought for sure this was going to work out this way. But you still have a good life in God. See what I'm saying? You, you can still have a, a blessed life in God and a wonderful life in God. So anyway, uh, so what do we say here about faith? Uh, if Thank you, Lord. If your faith is in the natural realm, you will believe you are subject to sickness. We, de- we we have determined that we are not because your salvation is from sickness as well as from sin. So it's a package deal. So you accept the whole package. Amen. You can't take it apart. See, you might neglect a part of the package because you think that's not important or you think that's not. Or maybe you haven't taken the time to develop your faith for it. But it doesn't mean it's not in the package. Amen. Just because you don't see it there doesn't mean it's not in the package. I was talking to Pastor Shirley the other night and she was looking for, you know, her chicharrones. She's, I know, right? And she said, I know that bag is out there somewhere. It was in her car. She didn't feel like going back out to search for it. But she she was sure it was there. She said, I'm going to look all through this house first. So she looked all through the house and couldn't find it. She said, then the next day when she got time and went out, there it was. Amen. So the fact that she didn't have it in her possession didn't mean it wasn't hers. Amen. She knew it was, she could sniff them somewhere. She said, they are somewhere. <laughs> So we just have to examine the whole package to get everything that belongs to us. So give yourself time to examine the whole package. Give yourself time to examine everything that God has for you. Amen. So what do we have to do to experience divine health? Only believe. Only believe. Amen. Believing is a big enough job for us to do. You know, I mean, praise God, there's not more to it. Amen. But only believe. Just have faith in God in your heart. When we talk about faith, faith is of the heart or of the spirit. And not let doubt creep in and grab your faith out of there. Not let doubt start to creep in and say, Well, God, I thought you told me I could, oh, don't ever do that. Amen. Don't ever do that. Uh, Let yourself go back to the word. Get yourself stable. God, I believe I received it when I prayed. And I don't like the fact that I have days where I think it's not going to happen. Or am I the only one that, (laughs) you know. Recover as quickly as you can from that kind of thinking. You know, I mean, it's possible that you might, your, your mind will get 
deceived and you get on to something else, putting your attention on to something else. That's why God says, what in Proverbs 4.20, attend to my word, because he knows there's other things to pay attention to. He said, in order for you to, to prosper and do well, you can only focus on one thing, and that's what I say. Amen. That's my word. That's the only way you can prosper and be in health. You can't prosper and be in health focusing on what the natural says. You'll just be caught up in the natural and probably upset, discouraged, want to quit, tired. You know, we use all of those words to express a feeling. That's all it is, a feeling. It's not really based on anything but how we feel at the moment. Amen? It's amazing how a little bit of time in the Word can change that feeling. Can change you. You feel like Superwoman when you come out that Word. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. I got a new lease on life here. I think I can go another day or another two days. Amen? So only believe. You've got to understand that faith is an act. You cannot establish faith in God without some action, corresponding action to it. Turn to Mark chapter 11. And verse 20. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. Jesus answering said to them, Have faith in God. In other words, they're marveling that a man could do this. And Jesus brings them back to the focus. No, I didn't just do this by myself. I put my faith in the Father, and that's how this happened. Amen? And that's how it's going to happen for every one of us. We put our faith in God, and then we can have what we say according to what God says. Amen? That's what you're after. You're after what God says about these things so that you can be blessed. We go by what the world says about them. There's no blessing there. There may be a little bit, but it won't be long-lived. It'll be kind of short. So you want to put your faith in God. And he says, and if you have your faith in God, this is what you can expect. For truly I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, he said, I just did the fig tree. We can go as high as a mountain in this thing. Amen. Be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart that those things which he says will come to pass, he will have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever you desire, See, this is consistent with the mountain. The mountain is a whatever, isn't it? So when we say, well, God, I asked you to heal this incurable disease, 
compare that to moving a mountain. See, Jesus already said the mountain will move. What is it to move a disease? What is it to move some symptoms? Whatever, what is it to move, you know, something, a, a, a fractured rib or a broke arm or COVID or anything like that? What is it to remove that if your faith can move a mountain already? Amen. So is a, if, if it can move a mountain, it can certainly move anything that's of lesser, uh, you know, um, uh, size. Or power than a mountain is. A mountain's been there. You don't even know how long. God put it there. Amen. God will move it for our benefit. Amen. Amen. Just because God put it there doesn't mean he won't move it for you. Amen. If it's in your way and you decide it's in your way. How many times have we built roads and highways and everything? Blasting through mountains. That's how people develop things like dynamite. They had to in order to have mountains removed so that they could have safe passage. Amen. Well, those were God creations, but he gave inventions so that we can live. You know, there was something on the other side of the mountain we needed to get to. Amen. And so God, God will do that for us, just like Jesus with the fig tree. If God planted that fig tree. Jesus cursed it and removed it. Amen. So God's not opposed to us when he says whatsoever you desire. If it takes God to undo something that's done, he will do it. It's not too big for him. Sometimes we think, well, you know, God, I want you to do so and so. And is that too much? Now, don't say you've never thought like that. Hmm? Because that's what doubt is saying. It's too either too much to ask for, too hard for you to believe for. God never does stuff like that, but he will move a mountain at your word. If he can move a mountain at your word, he can move somebody to write you a check. He can move somebody to come and, and plow your snow. He can move somebody to come and, and, you know, pay your grocery bill or pay your whatever it is. He will move. He will move things. And so once we understand what we're dealing with here, it's the God kind of faith. God says, here's a mountain standing in the way of one of my children. I'm just going to move it. Even though he put it there. He will move it if it's standing in your way. You understand what I'm saying? And so many times we we get stuck not really wanting to believe for the impossible. What we think, what's impossible with man? You know, we, we think it's impossible because we think it's, oh, this is so big. So, oh, oh gosh, will he ever do that? Oh, you know, that kind of thing. That's just your soul being overwhelmed. At the thought that you might have to do it. We're talking about God moving it. Will he do it for you? Yeah, because it's written here. Anything that's written in the word means, verily, verily, I say to you, God will do this for you. God will move this mountain for you and cast it into the sea. But you got to believe and not doubt. How do I not doubt? You stay in the word. You keep meditating on the word. You keep filling yourself with the word. 
Amen? Don't doubt in your heart. I was doing a, a Facebook post and I was talking about how God hides things that are precious. See, your faith in the word is precious. That's why he tells it to hide it in your heart. Once you get it in there, it's going to be hard for the devil to pry it out. Especially if you meditate on it regularly. Meditation just makes it stronger. Amen. It it gets stronger and stronger. So that by the time it's ready to manifest totally, it's like a done deal for you. You ever see things, people receive them and, boy, I forgot I was even praying for that. You know, it went from being a big impossible thing to totally possible. And and you received it inside of you and it's been a part of you for so long. When somebody says, like, uh, here it is, it's like, oh, okay. Well, you're excited about it and you enjoy it. But it's not new to you. See, that's that's the whole thing. There's a familiarity. You, you understand? Like, uh, Miss Nola's had four children. And she expected every single one of them, prayed over them, probably imagined what they would look like. Well, when she went to the hospital and gave birth, she wasn't shocked that was a baby she had. But still, there were some things to enjoy about it now that it's here for real. See, you can look at him and see, oh, he looks like uh, we don't know just yet. He's got too many wrinkles. Let him fill out a little bit and all of that. And I think it's probably the same. I haven't had children, but I think it's probably the same thing with our faith. Amen. It's a part of you. Once it's in your heart, you own it. You're intimate with it. It's it's a second nature to you. You're familiar with it when it comes and you rejoice over it. You know, um, pregnant women rejoice over they get the, you know, the reveal and they making big deals out of them. Now, reveal parties and all that and and everything. And, And so there's a rejoicing in anticipation of the thing coming to pass. Don't miss the rejoicing. In anticipation. Amen. Because you begin to cheat yourself. Out of part of the good part of the experience. Amen. Um, I think it's good. When expectant mothers can enjoy every step of it. You know even there's discomfort sometimes. And little drawbacks here and there. But it's nice to live in the full expression. Full experience. Amen. Of the promise. And I think that's what God does with us when we hide our prom- his promises in our hearts. Amen. We begin to feast off of the unseen and get joy when it's not yet totally manifested. Does that make sense? You can get excited about it. You can make plans around it. Anticipate it. Anticipate it's going to work out good. It's going to be all good. You can do all of those things. And still, when it totally manifests, you have some natural joy. That's what I want to say. You have a natural joy that comes with seeing it really manifest in the natural. Amen? And, and you know, prepare yourself for not sleeping much, taking care of you know, the whole 
and that's part of the experience of of getting a promise through as well. You got to take care of the things God gives you, Amen. And and when they get difficult to take care of, just reflect on the joy that you had, anticipating it, Amen. You know, I, I labored hard getting this thing through, Lord, and I'm going to enjoy every little minute of it, Amen. <laughs> and what you don't enjoy, you can pray about. So that's a good part of that too. So He says. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire, whatever, it's up to you. See, the responsibility is on you to decide what you want. Sometimes we think, oh, God won't give me that. And we, we mess around with it too much. You know, it's in our mind that, that we... Um, uh, oh, God wouldn't do that, you know, for me. You gotta, you know what the cure for that is? Is meditate on the word more. See, when you, when you get unbelief at the beginning of your prayer, you need to really get in the word more so that you can believe that he will do it for you. Amen. Now there are times where you will be in the spirit and be led to pray for something. And when it comes out of your mouth, it sounds like a foreigner spoke it. Totally unfamiliar to your ears. To be honest with you, I believe it's been in your heart all along. You've just been denying it was in there. You were in the word enough. See, your carnal mind will veto and negate and really crush and curse a lot of things that are in your heart by faith. I remember the experience with my house. I wanted a really nice house, but I was afraid to ask for it. And one morning I just got fed up with looking at houses that just weren't what I wanted. And I said, God, send me a house that's wonderful. The minute wonderful jumped out of my mouth, it scared me. And it's like it it jumps out and you want to pull it. Get back in there. Hmm? See, your, your carnal mind can censor your heart. Anybody feeling that? Because, see, you, you want to meditate on it. And believe God for it. But somehow it keeps landing in this brain up here. That's the enemy of God. And it tells you. Oh no you can't have that. It happens all the time. I can remember it happening to me. When I was a new Christian. God would. I get a prophecy about what God was going to do with me. Not really focusing on the fact. That it would take time. And maturity and all that. But my mind would want to push it away because I said, maybe he's meant some of the other ladies that, you know, know God better than I do. See? So what you do with that is you grab that word and you start to let it become familiar to you. You start to meditate on it. God, I accept this. God, this came from you and I accept it. Show me what to do next. If I'm going to do this, show me my next move. And the walk of faith starts. Amen. The walk of faith starts. 
It begins to be a walk. And so he says here, whatever you desire. In other words, what do you want? Isn't that how Jesus ministered to people? What can I do for you? What would it be that I can do for you? That's that's this in operation. What things soever you desire. What do you want? Hide the word in your heart regarding that thing. Continue to meditate on the word. Just go into the word wherever the word takes you. And begin to pick up God's ideas about things. That's what happens when you meditate on the word. You pick up God's ideas about it. Instead of what the world thinks and what your carnal mind thinks and you're not in a good mood today and you don't feel like you deserve anything, all that kind of stuff. Instead of thinking that way, just go into the word and begin to pick up what God thinks. He says, I know the thoughts I have towards you. So you can go get them. Amen. (laughs) You could go get them right there in the word. He knows what he's thinking. And he's thinking this, what things soever you desire. He doesn't care what it is. Why? Because he's already promised you everything. Not only promised, but it's been given. Hello? And he says, if you would not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things you say will come to pass, you will have whatsoever you say. So not only must you believe that God said it and he wants you to have it. See, there's a difference between God wanting you to have something and you believing you have it. He wants us to have everything and we can believe that. Oh, I believe God can do any. Oh, yeah, he wants you to have that. No, no problem. Huh? But do you really believe it'll happen? Yeah, someday. No, you gotta believe you've got it now. Because someday you'll never get it. Amen? If you believe that you'll have it someday, but if you believe you have it now and it will come to pass, amen? So he says, Therefore, says the whole, this whole picture, you gotta believe and not doubt in your heart. If you put your faith in God, that means you gotta believe according to His Word. And you believe whatsoever you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, move. Go jump in the lake. And not doubt. And if you believe it'll happen, it'll happen. If you put your faith in God's Word. He says, for that reason, I say to you, what things soever you want. He said that twice. If you say and not doubt in your heart, amen, what things soever you desire, believe that you receive them when you pray. And you'll have them. Not when you get them. You can't believe when you get them. It's too late then. Everybody can believe then. Sinners can believe then. Amen. But when you pray, believe you have it. Amen. You've got to believe when you pray. Faith is an act. And I think probably 
the most beneficial thing that you can do when you pray is say, Father, I thank you. I have it now. I thank you. I'm healed now. I thank you, Lord, that that money I need is in my bank account now. I have the money I need now. Amen. Whatever I need, I have it now. I've received it. Brother Hagan said that when his son was a little boy, he said, I raised my kids on, on believing they receive when we pray. He said, little Ken would, would be outside playing and would come in with a stomach ache and I'd lay hands on him. And he said, he'd get up and say, okay, daddy, I got it. I got it. And he said, he would be feeling no better. Hello. See, you don't wait until it happens to say you got it. You got it when you pray. And he could teach a little child to do that. Amen. He said, my children stayed well. Amen. Till they had to start believing on their own. He took care of them like that. And he'd ask him, he said, you got it, son? Yeah, daddy, I got it, I got it, I got it. And he would say, I got it, and kept saying, I got it, I got it, pretty soon. The symptoms were gone. So this is the proper way to believe God's word. Believe you receive it when you pray. Amen. This is how Jesus would marvel at the centurion's faith. He said, at your word. And in other words, you just speak. My servant is way over there. And I'm right here with you. But the minute you say it, my servant over there will be healed. You got it? And so this is how you believe God's word. It's you, you, you put your faith in it the minute you pray. You've got it. And see, because faith is an action, you have to say, I have it. Amen. And order it for it to be active in you. You can't just pray and say you received it without acknowledging the receipt of it. Amen. You know, I remember in the old days, we will say, Father, we count it as done. Thank you that it's done. But I like to say I have it because you got it in your heart. You got to go away with it in your heart where you can nurture it, where you can hide it, where you can Proverbs 4 it, you know, meditate on it. Amen. Only accept what God says about stuff. And you can have what you say. And so he says, and therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them at the time that you pray, and then you shall have them. When will I have them? After you believe you received them. You can have it any time after that, but you can't have it before that. Amen. Got to believe at the time that you pray. And, and offer up to God a pure heart. When you stand praying, forgive. That makes room for that word to be firmly planted and established in your heart. Because you ain't got people packed up in there. Carrying on and acting crazy and all the stuff that we do concerning people. You got faith in there. And faith works by love. Amen. It, your heart is is pumping rich blood and nurturing all the seeds. You got me? Righteousness springs forth. Righteousness is that 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 holy 
spiritual um, commodity or or you could call it a spiritual force that can't nothing can stop it you ever get a sensation when you pray and you say okay god i got it you feel like it's coming to you now you feel like there's nothing that can stop that's righteousness talking to you amen that's the voice of righteousness it's an unstoppable spiritual force amen that's why it's always paired up with faith he believed god there's faith in god and it was counted to him as righteousness because it's seen by god as the same thing so when you put your faith in god you take on god's righteousness can can anybody stop god from having anything no and he can't stop you either when you stand in God's righteousness. So Jesus is teaching them here how to take care of their heart, how to take care of your spirit so that your faith can work, how to take care of your words so they can work for you in the kingdom, how to have what you say and not doubt in your heart. Amen. You know, there are times when your your mind will tell you it won't happen. But you don't let your mind rob what's in your heart. You know, pretty soon you catch on. You say, uh-uh, listen, mind, you're not taking this from me. I have it already. You're not plucking it out of here. Amen? Amen. So, so that's why Proverbs 4 tells us, hide the word in your heart. Let it not depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Why? Because it can leave there. And the benefit of it will not be realized by you. Amen. Most of the time, most of us have enough relationship with God to not let things slip slip away from us. And we walk away and quit believing. You know, uh, um, you know some of the, the Bible teachers seem to feel that what they've been dealing with is a mental agreement with the word. Know how you hear a scripture and you say, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's mentally agreeing with it. When you hide it in your heart is when you take time to meditate on it and say, God, I received this word. I received that I'm healed. I received my healing. I received my breakthrough. I received my financial breakthrough. I received my a husband. I received my wife. I received my children saved. I received my grandchildren saved and serving you. I receive all of that. And begin to meditate on that God gave it to you. Amen. I thank you for giving me that. Lord, I thank you for that promise. I thank you that I consider it a done deal. And I'm going to continue no matter what I see. Amen. No, no matter what, what kind of behavior I observe out of them, they're still healed. They're still the seed of the righteous. They're still saved. They're still your servants. They're still your representative down here on earth. Call them that in the now. And God will make it so in the future, even if it, take, if it takes some walking through it to get it there. But if you call it that in the now, he will cause it to come to pass. Amen. So then you can have whatsoever you say. And I think when you realize that, Christians that, that walk in that start to realize that they've got to make a covenant with their mouth and with their thoughts 
so that they don't derail the promise through unbelief, you know, that will come and sit in your mind and make you think God's never going to do it. Amen. And and when you already have it, <laughs> see, see, if you can get the jump on the devil and remind yourself, wait a minute, I have that already. I believed I received it when I prayed. You can't take that away from me. I got it already. See, and keep reminding you, your mind, the devil, anybody else who wants to listen, that you have it already. Amen. And then it, and, and believe God will bring it to pass. You know, and talk to God about it. God, I thank you that you're going to believe, bring this to pass in its season. Amen. And I know people hate that word in its season because we want everything now. Amen. But the Bible says in due season, you know, we love Amos 913 because it's, it's before you sow, you reap, you know, plowing overtakes the reaper and all of that instant stuff. Amen. And, and it can happen, it, it can happen, what I say instantaneously, but not instantly. See, when it happens instantaneously, it's like you aren't even anticipating this thing popping up like this. And here it is all of a sudden. See, this is suddenly some God. And so uh, we have to be careful to guard our hearts, guard our minds, um, stay with with faith stay with what and stay with the word keep yourself encouraged in the word sometimes you don't have it all right at your disposal like in your mind to encourage yourself go open your bible you know sometimes we get a little bit little lazy about going through the trouble of opening a Bible or open a Bible app or whatever, you know, we're doing. Make sure you, you settle yourself and get peace and say, God, I'm going to encourage myself in what I'm believing you for right now. I know a lot of times people put a lot of stock in confessions and, and they'll say, yeah, I used to stand in the mirror and say, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm strong. I'm, I'm prosperous. I'm rich. And you can say all of that, but it's different when you put your eyes on it in the word. God begins to, cause the devil can snatch that out of you. All he got to do is make your bank account look funny and you get depressed. You know what I'm saying? So those, you know, I mean, they're affirmations, but God never told us to make affirmations. He told us to meditate in his word day and night. So you get the full essence of what he's speaking to you. You're not trying to shortcut it or anything like that, but you're, you're living in the prosperity of the richness of God's word. See, there's riches in there that he wants us, he wants to reveal to us. And so once we start to take that seriously, it's like, God, I'm going to have to set aside some time to to really stay focused on this and bring it to pass. You know, you, you kind of have to get like that sometimes. And let God, instead of grabbing something here, grabbing something there, running here and running there, get yourself settled in what he wants to do. And let that thing manifest for you. Amen. Let him. He'll take you on a journey. You'll say to yourself, you know what? I started out just wanting to be encouraged about stuff I want, about my stuff. And now you got me way over here enjoying something else in the word that I never would have gotten 
had I not, you know, sat here and did this. So I think it's always a much richer experience, folks, for us to to obey the word. Meditate day and night. Amen. Make your way prosperous. Have good success. Keep the word in front of your eyes. Hide it in your heart. Amen. Once it's hidden in your heart, you can feast on it all the time. You just sit and meditate and say, Ooh, God, you got some good things up ahead for me on this road. I'm, I'm looking forward to this, you know, so you can look forward to overcoming certain things and doing better and prospering and all of that. He wants us to enjoy. Amen. He's made all things richly for us to enjoy. And it's a matter of our faith. So faith is a walk. We're going to walk some more in this. We're going to talk some more about it because it is worthwhile understanding. Amen. Uh, doubt can try to get in your head, but don't let it rob the word from your heart. Don't let doubt defeat you. Don't, don't give up in disgust on anything. Because if God ever said it to you, he intends to bring it to pass. Amen? All right, why don't we stop? Well, Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you for the goodness of your word. Thank you for the rejoicing that comes in your holy word. So we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you and we praise you for it. Let your word manifest good fruit to us today and every day in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. We'll do our declaration. I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona and she can't get me. I thank you, Lord, by your stripes. We are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God.